are now listening to the Unravel to Rise podcast, and I'm your host, Britt. This podcast is all about the journey through unraveling and unbecoming who we thought we were so that we can truly step into and align with who we are meant to be. We'll be talking about how to decondition and reprogram everything we've grown up knowing and believing, but that we feel no longer aligns with who we are. This podcast is truly all about surrendering, healing, and evolving so that we can live a happier, healthier, and more purposeful life. So are you ready to rise with me? Hello, everyone, um, and thank you for listening in. I have just been so blown away by the love and support that I have got just on the three episodes I posted. Um, you know, this podcast is really just for me to have fun and to speak. Again, like I've said before, speaking on things for me is very healing. Um it is something it's kind of always been that way. I've always used my voice. Um, and so I love that I'm able to do this. This is kind of an outlet for me. One, it's like a creative outlet, but it's just also this space for me to really come in and share things and get things out there. Um, you know, some people, they write. They like to write their stuff out. Um, and for me, this is this is what it is. This is my outlet to really express um and talk about things i feel like it's so much easier for me to do it this way too um i have tried so many times to do journals and um do just different things like that and i can i just never keep up with it i do for a little bit and then i just kind of i just i just don't i just don't so this has been a little bit easier and it's kind of nice because i'm like okay i want to post once a week so it's like i make myself record um but yeah, so I have just enjoyed so much of, you know, just the beautiful comments and the love that I have gotten so far um, as I dive into this. So um, today, you know, I'm on the fourth episode and this one, as you can tell by the title, this is going to be very deep, um, very vulnerable. <laughs> I may cry through some of it, but that's okay. Again, that's what this outlet is for. Um, is just to express and um, yeah, just the things I'm going through, but also teaching people how to, you know, move through their own shit and how to, you know, decondition and reprogram and learn and evolve and just so many things. And so again, this episode, as you can tell from the title is going to be very deep. Um, I will give tr a trigger warning um, for anybody that has miscarried or anybody that has had abortions or might be against abortions or anybody that may not have the same beliefs as I do. Um, this can be a little bit triggering, but again, just know that if it is triggering, then find that in you. Find that within yourself and ask yourself, like, why is this so triggering? Why am I angry? Why am I still grieving? Why, you know, going deeper is what we have to do. Those triggers are our trauma. And so just know too that I am not purposely trying to trigger anybody. This episode is based off of everything that I have gone through personally. And, um, you know, I hope that people can connect with that. I, I want to put this out there not for pity and not for anybody to feel sorry, not for anything like that, except for people to connect, except for people to learn. I want people to know certain things that I didn't know. I had no idea. 
And so again, just be prepared. This episode is going to go very deep into things. Um, but this is also why I've been kind of silent this past week. I've been a little bit more active, um, as far as like my social media accounts go, but there for a few weeks to a month, I was really just kind of going inward and I was taking time to just kind of be with myself and what was going on. There was a lot of shifting happening. There was a lot of changing. Um, there was so much going on that like I've had to write dates down that I have in front of me just so I can actually walk you through the process of what I went through um, because it's not the typical thing that people go through. So I just want to start by, you know, again, if this triggers you in any way, one, I, I apologize in the sense that like that's not what this is meant to do, but also just to say like dive into that dive into those triggers and figure out why that is triggering you so much and what feelings you're feeling what is coming to the surface where it's coming from um and work through that you know and if you have questions please feel free to reach out to me um but anyways i will just kind of dive into this and what had been what's been kind of going on um so on april 25th we actually we found out that I was pregnant. Um, it was kind of a whole crazy thing. I'm very good with tracking all of my stuff, my cycles, when we are intimate, when we use protection, when we play with fire. Um, I track all of it, everything. And so by the time I took the test on April 25th, I had waited. Um, I'd missed the whole week of my cycle. And I was about a day or two late, which is really uncommon for my body at this point. My body usually stays on a pretty decent cycle um, at the same time. So I knew that something was going on. So I took a test on April 25th, found out we were pregnant. I will start off by saying we were not trying. This was a complete surprise. Um, not something that we were planning at all. Obviously, we... Um, we're not expecting any of this. And I cried. I cried a lot <laughs> because I had so many plans and so many things that I was wanting to do over this next year. And then the thought of having a toddler and a newborn, like I was a mess and it was not easy. It was not an easy process for me to go through and to process all of that. But I did get through that. I processed, I processed it. I made peace with it. Um, but on oh it was about let me look um may 31st after we got back from our trip we found out i miscarried now i wish that i could say that it was that easy and that that was it but there is so much that happened in between that really took a big toll on me and had me open my eyes to a lot um because again this was not a normal miscarriage there was so much in between everything um, that was really, it's just been a roller coaster. And so that's really why, again, I've been a little bit more absent because of all the ups and downs and everything that has gone on within the last month and a half, two months. So on April 25th, again, we took that test. I found out I was pregnant. I was a mess. <laughs> I was in sheer panic mode. Um, just not expecting it and that's okay i think that so many people this happens to and we do shift through it 
Um, and I made peace with it. I made peace with what was going on and, you know, we're just, we're going to do this. This is how this is going to be. Like, I've got this under control. I'm going to start shifting things. And I did, I, I went through this process of, okay, what is my business going to look like? How am I going to do things? Um, you know, what am I going to have to pull back on? What do I want to start doing more of? So I kind of started going through that process. Well, we were leaving in May. Um, I think it was like May 21st for Italy. And they had my first sauna set up for after Italy. And I just, something inside me was like, you know, I want to go before just to check on everything. I want to make sure that everything's fine. So when I call the doctor, we get everything set up. And of course they ask, they will ask anybody, what was the first day of your last period? Well, mine was March 19th. And I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, I don't know why they need this. I know that it was not March. I know. I knew the exact day we got pregnant. Literally, I knew the exact day. And it was from everything I had written down, everything I had tracked, April 4th would have been the day that we got pregnant. That was the day we played with fire. Sorry for any family members that are listening or anybody that thinks it's too much information. But that was the day we played with fire. And that is the day that I know we got pregnant. So they are basing me off of March 19th, which I'm like, okay, there's no way. So um, I go in on May 9th. That is our first scan. And now, mind you, between the time I found out to that point, I was spotting a little bit. And um, to me, that wasn't a big deal because when I was pregnant with Cohen, our first son, I bled. Like I bled a lot for probably about four or five months and everything was fine. It was just like something my body was doing. Um, and so I bled a lot with him and he was healthy. I had a healthy pregnancy, like no issues. So when I started spotting, I really wasn't thinking anything of it. It wasn't something that I even thought miscarriage. Like that was not even in my vocabulary at that point. So we go in and also during all this time, like in my head, I have it, you know, like, oh, it's just going to be a, a healthy pregnancy. This is going to be easy. Like I've done it before. Um, I even bought a little shirt. Whew. That one makes me tear up a bit. Um, I even bought a little shirt for Cohen that said best big bro. That's how we were going to surprise everybody. Again, at that time, I knew that I was early. I would have been only been maybe four weeks, but I was just in my head of like, you know, in my head of this is going to be a healthy pregnancy. I'm not going to have any issues. Like nothing around miscarriage was coming into my mind. So we go in on May 9th. That was my first scan. Um, we couldn't see anything. Um, so she did a regular ultrasound. We did a transvaginal ultrasound and she really couldn't see anything. So she's like, okay, well, let's go test your blood work. So I went and did my blood work that same day. So May 9th was the first scan. I did blood work that day. My HCG levels were around 11,000, which is pretty high. Um, and it was kind of weird because that would have placed me around six weeks. And if you were able to, at six weeks, you should be able to see something when you do an ultrasound. And so that was kind of the first thing that was a little bit off, but I didn't think much of it. On the 10th, the next day, I went in to go do another HCG testing. So typically what happens in pregnancy, you go test and within 24 hours that next day, they are supposed to double. So those, those levels are supposed to go up quite a bit. Well, mine only went up about a thousand, which was also kind of not a very good sign. So at that point, when the doctor had called me, so this was in the beginning of the week, this was like a Monday, Tuesday, I think. 
um she was not very optimistic and i get it i get that doctors don't want to get people's hopes up and they've done this for so long so she wasn't super optimistic and just was very much like you're miscarrying is what she was saying like 99 percent sure that i was miscarrying there was like one percent she's like i'm not gonna say never but you know this is what it looks like with the spotting and the hcg levels and not being able to see anything you know you would at those levels be at six weeks and still in my head at that point i'm like i am not six weeks along i know for a fact i'm not that far along but the doctor wouldn't listen and again i get it they have procedures and things that they need to do but i knew with everything in me the date that i got pregnant i knew it was april 4th and they were basing it off of a march date and i tried to tell her that again she would not listen to me and so i went for that whole weekend um processing and thinking that i miscarried and it was very very difficult and um she had me set up on may 15th which was that following monday to go do another ultrasound a transvaginal ultrasound um and it's one where they can see a lot more because she just wanted to see what was in my body to see what we would need to pretty much get out like what needed to leave my body at that point and so i went a full weekend um really struggling i had a lot of ups and downs <laughs> um because again i think that you just don't when you start to either try to get pregnant or you become pregnant or it's your second pregnancy or your third or whatever, you don't think about miscarriage. Like that's just not something you think of unless it's happened before. And then you kind of have that fear. Um, so for me, I instantly just went into this, like, is there something wrong with my body? And I had to shift out of that. Like, no, it's nothing wrong with your body. You know, did I stress myself out? Like, no, the, these things happen. And that's what women have to understand. It's not your fault. Like, it is not your fault when this happens. And so I shifted through a whole weekend of that and I moved my body and I did some healing work. And it was very hard. It was one of the hardest things. And I just kept thinking to myself, you know, how is this possible? How is it possible that I am miscarrying like i've had a i've had a healthy pregnancy like i was kind of in a state of shock and you know i told michael and i told some really close friends to me that you know i'm not sad in the sense that we aren't going to have this baby in the future because we can try again we can try when we're ready it's not a problem what really bothered me the most is just again the fact that i never once in my mind it never once crossed my mind that i would miscarry that was just not something I ever thought of, I ever planned about. And I realized that most women are that way. All women are that way. They don't go through pregnancy, whether they're trying or not, thinking I'm going to miscarry. And, you know, a lot of women don't talk about it. And it breaks my fucking heart. God, it breaks my heart so much. Because for me, I use my voice. I cannot keep things to myself. And so it, it kills me to know that women don't speak on these things. And I will get more into that. But um, anyways, I shipped through the whole weekend just trying to process and like, okay, so I made peace with that. And I go in on May 15th. And I remember Sunday night before that Monday, I was laying there. And I was like, I just everything inside of me was just 
I can't explain it, but something inside of me was just saying, there is going to be a heartbeat tomorrow. There's going to be a heartbeat. And I felt it. I felt it through my body. And I even told Michael and I said, what if there's a heartbeat tomorrow? And he's like, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to say never. I'm not going to say that it's not possible because I don't know. And I just, I don't know. There was something inside of me just saying, be prepared. So I go in on the 15th. Again, I've shifted this whole weekend thinking I miscarried. I go in to see these nurses, which by the way, these nurses that do the ultrasounds, if you ever have to do this, please know that they are not angry. They are not mean, nothing like that. But these nurses cannot tell you anything. Unless you are pregnant, they can show you the screen. If they do not show you that screen, you have most likely miscarried or there is something wrong. The issue is, is that they cannot be held accountable for telling you the wrong information. Even though they may know with everything within them what's going on, they have to just get the results, send them to the doctor, and the doctor has to be the one to tell you. So they are not being mean. They're not being malicious if they can't tell you anything. That is just what they have to do. And so I remember going in and talking to the nurse and I said, you know, I don't know if they tell you what's going on. I said, but I've miscarried. So if there's not a heartbeat, you know, then just know, like, don't worry. I've, I've been through it. Like I'm, I'm good. And she's like, well, I'm so sorry. You know? And she's like, well, we'll look on the screen. And so that's what I went in there expecting. I went in there expecting to have miscarried. And then there was this part of me that was like, oh, I don't know. There's got to, there's just something, something's different. So she leaves the room. I get undressed. I remember just placing my hands on my stomach and I'm kind of doing energy work and I'm laying there and I'm looking at the lights and they start flickering really bad. And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. And I'm just laying there and I'm praying and I'm breathing. She comes in, she starts the ultrasound and within, I mean, maybe a minute, all of a sudden she starts smiling and I see her and I'm like, what, you know? And I, I like knew, but that question of like, what, like I was just kind of shocked. And I was like, is there a fucking heartbeat? And she just starts smiling and she turns the screen. And at that moment, because she turned the screen and her smiling, I was like, holy shit, there was a heartbeat. There was a heartbeat on that monitor and I lost my shit. I ugly cried. <laughs> this nurse was like, oh my gosh, you know, like, I'm sorry you've been through this, but like, there's a heartbeat, here it is. It's very, very slow. So it probably just, just started like a day or two ago. And again, I'm like in tears and now I'm like shifting through this of like, holy shit, we're actually pregnant. And I just, I didn't even know what to think. I, I was just at a loss for words. And she starts doing my measurement. And so again, this is May 15th. She does my measurements and she says, you know, I'm five weeks and six days. When I looked at those dates, that exact time frame, five weeks, six days would have put me at April 4th which is exactly when I knew we got pregnant. I knew. And so the thing is with that is that we as women have to learn to trust our body. We have to learn to start tracking and doing these things. So that's a whole other thing that I can get into. But anyways, this happened. Um, and I remember later in the day, the doctor, she got all the information. She calls me and is in complete shock. She is shocked that there is a heartbeat and she's still not optimistic and she's still, you know, I, I'm super surprised, but you know, we're in a gray area. I was getting ready to leave for Italy and she's like, we're in this gray area. We really can't do anything about it. Go to Italy, have fun. 
Well, I'm at the same time kind of pissed that she's not being, you know, very optimistic or having any faith at all. And I'm like, well, fuck this. This little rebel spirit in me comes out. And I'm like, I'm going to prove her wrong. I'm going to prove everything wrong. This is going to be a healthy baby. And so anyways, now we are shifting through that. We are shifting through this. Okay. We found out we were pregnant. We're 99% sure we were, we miscarried to all of a sudden we find a heartbeat and now we're shifting through that. So we go to Italy. I'm having all the symptoms. I am nauseous. I, my boobs hurt. Um, I'm having cravings. It's all the normal things that you would go through in pregnancy. And so all through Italy, that full week, um, you know, we're pregnant and we're thinking like, okay, how are we going to do our announcement when it's time and blah, blah, blah. And like, all these things. So we get through Italy and we come back home. I had an ultrasound set up on May 31st. So this was a few weeks after that point of finding the heartbeat. And I go in and I remember about the day before I started feeling kind of weird. I just felt like, again, listening, I'm very in tune with my body. I'm very good with listening to my body. And I just felt like, I don't know, something just felt weird. And I kept thinking at that point, like, what if there's no heartbeat? What if, you know, something's wrong? Something's, something's off. I don't know what it is, but something's off. So I go in on May 31st. And I think up until that point, because it'd been such a roller coaster anyways, and I'd already shifted through finding out we're pregnant, miscarrying, finding a heartbeat, that I was kind of just prepared for anything. And that's what I told myself. I'm prepared for whatever happens. Um, it's, it is what it is. It's going to be how it's supposed to be. So we go in on the 31st and I have the ultrasound done. And I remember talking to the nurse and she's like, you know, again, if there's a heartbeat, I can show you. If not, then I can't show, I won't show you the screen. And so usually if there's a heartbeat, that's the first thing they look for. I will tell you all this. They look for the heartbeat first. So you will know within the first minute or two if everything's okay. They'll turn the screen. A few minutes had went by and I started feeling that like, okay, something's obviously going on. And so I asked her, I kind of looked at her. I said, there's no heartbeat is there. And she kind of grabbed my leg and she, uh, she was like, if there was a heartbeat, I'd show you the screen because that's all she can say. And I feel so bad for them to only be able to do that. They can't like console you or do anything. And so I just took a deep breath and she gets through everything. And, um, the radiologist actually had to come see me because my doctor was in delivery that whole day. Mm. And so he comes in and he's like, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, he just kind of looks at me and I'm really keeping it together. Like I really feel fine at this point because again, I felt like I had prepared myself, but he just sits down and he says, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, you know, your doctor will go into more detail. He said, but there was no heartbeat. Um, he says from what the screen is showing there, you know, the baby's still in there, but the heartbeat stopped. And sorry guys. Um, he said, and there was really no growth. Like the baby stopped growing at six weeks. And so I'm just like, all this stuff is running through me. You know, I say thanks to him. I take a deep breath. I start walking out. And as I get to my car, I just start crying. And I'm like, I'm going through this phase again of what the fuck is happening? What is going on? And so 
what ended up happening is I had what they call a missed miscarriage. So people need to know if they don't know much about, about miscarrying is that 30% of women miscarry, but that is only what is documented. That is only from those women that have gone to the doctor. So I guarantee it rates are a lot higher. There are so many women that I know since this process has happened that have told me they miscarried, but they had no idea until it actually happened. And a lot of times it's like a period. And so I know that the numbers are more than 30%, but <laughs> what was going on with me is that I had a missed miscarriage and that is about a one to 5% um, out of that 30%. So it's a pretty low percentage. And I'm like, of course this would happen to me and my body. But what a missed miscarriage is, is that the baby is no longer living. There's no heartbeat, but everything is still inside of you. So your body is still registering you as being pregnant. So you're still having all the symptoms. Um, you know, again, the, the, the nauseous and morning sickness, the cravings, boobs hurting and growing, hormones being crazy, um, cravings, all those things. Your body is still literally registering you as being pregnant, even though you're not. And that was a really hard thing for me to accept. That was something that hit me so differently that I can't even explain to you how I was feeling with all of that. And the only way that you know that you have had a miscarriage is by going into an ultrasound. So these women that go through this have no idea and they can go weeks. I mean, I went almost two weeks with nothing alive and growing inside of me. And again, that was a really hard thing to wrap my head around. And so anyways, I have to now shift through that. And what do we do next? Because again, my body was not releasing and clearing how a normal miscarriage would. And so now, you know, May 31st, it's like, okay, what are we going to do? This, this isn't clearing from my body. So my doctor gave me different options. You know, she said we can do a DNC, which is a surgery to go in and actually remove everything. Or I can take a medication, which is called Cytotec. And um, I, I hate it because when you look it up, it all, it just talks about abortion. That's what they used to give for people that wanted to have abortions. And so here I am, you know, I'm not doing an abortion. And again, for anybody, like I, I am very much pro-choice in the sense of like, it is your choice. It's not something that I would choose to do, but I support anybody no matter what decision that you make. And so for me, like seeing that, I'm like, you know, I'm not having an abortion, but I'm just trying to get this out of my body. Um, the other thing too is to let your body do it naturally but at this point it had been two weeks and the doctor was like you know if you do it naturally it could be another month you guys i i don't care what you believe or who you are i could not physically live with that i could not emotionally physically mentally live with the thought of there is like this dead baby there's this death inside of my body and i have to just carry this like i i couldn't and my symptoms were really bad i was really really nauseous and having a lot of pain and i was like i i can't i have to do something and so i opted to take the medicine and so with the medication and thankfully my doctor too 
at that point, she's very consoling and she's being very kind and just walking me through everything. And she did not want to push the surgery. She, that was the one thing I did like about her. She said, let's try the medication first. I don't want to have to do the surgery um, because it's very invasive and it can cause complications in the future. So I decided to do the medication. Um, with Cytotype, when you take that, what it helps to do is like really clear out the lining of the uterus to help you start kind of dilating and like give birth in a sense. Um, and so everything that she had told me and everything that I had read was that you take this medication and you take it vaginally. Sorry if that's too much information. Um, sometimes they'll have you take it just under your tongue, but it's like, a, I think that's rare. Um, and so you take it vaginally and within one to two hours, you're supposed to start cramping. You're supposed to start bleeding quite heavily. Um, and then by hour four or five, everything's supposed to be out of your body. Well, then you're supposed to take another three pills about 12 hours in just to make sure everything's out. <laughs> so on June 4th, which was a Sunday, we had set everything up to where Michael would be with Cohen and I was going to take the medication and just like rest for the day. <laughs> you know, I'm hoping in my mind that everything is going to go normal, but why would it at this point? So hopefully too, nobody is judging me for taking this medication to try to clear my body. But if you are, then that's your own shit to deal with. Um, when you go through a miscarriage and have to deal with any of this, then you can come talk to me. But anyways, that's what I had to do. And again, at that point, I didn't know when my body was going to release everything. So June 4th at eight o'clock in the morning, I took the first set of pills. I laid down, I waited, I waited, I waited. <clears throat> around hour three, around hour four, nothing was happening. There was no cramping, there was no bleeding. And I start to kind of worry because I'm like, what the fuck's going on? I can't call the doctor because they're not open. And so I start to panic a little bit and I'm like, what if this doesn't work? I've never heard or read anything that it doesn't work. And so I spend that day in bed and now two o'clock starts to roll around and I'm like, nothing is happening. At that point, I'm like up and doing stuff because I'm, I'm like cramping just a little bit, but not really. Nothing is coming out of my body. And I just thought, okay, like, I guess I, I don't know what else to do. So then we start getting into five o'clock, six o'clock, and we're getting to that 12 hour mark and still nothing, nothing is happening. Of course, I start reading stories and I actually, Reddit is a really good space, by the way. I found most of my information on Reddit and I did read a few stories of it not working. It's very rare that it doesn't work, <laughs> of course. And, um, but there were women that the medicine did not work, or there were women who have had, they had to take multiple doses of it. And so I, I just, at that point, like I couldn't do anything. So seven 30 rolls around. Michael is at the gym with Cohen. And before I took the other set of pills, I just had this feeling of like, I want to go be outside. I want to go be outside in nature. I'm going to lay in the sun. Like I just, I can't deal with this right now. I just, I emotionally, mentally, like I need to be in nature. I need to breathe. And so I did. And we're about that 12 hour mark. Again, nothing has happened with this medication that's supposed to help clear my body. So I go outside and it, 
I can't even explain the experience that I had in a way that people are going to fully understand it. But I decided, so this was about a 30, 40 minute time frame, And I decided to move my body. I turned on music. I started dancing. I really worked with my womb space and my hips and just moving and opening myself. And then I laid down and I did breath work. I did some really deep breath work. And I just remember laying there and I was watching the birds and the bugs and everything fly by and just thinking, God, this is beautiful. You know, I just feel connected and I'm in the sun. I'm also naked while I'm laying here in the sun. Um, Again, probably too much information, but like I just knew my body needed that sunlight. So I go through this for about 40 minutes, um, dancing, moving, breathing, just laying there. And I get ready to get up to come inside um, to just go about the rest of the night and take that extra set of medicine. And as I stood up, as I stood up from doing what I would like to say, just some sacred healing and being in nature, I started bleeding. It was a rush of blood down my legs and there was a pretty big chunk that had came out and I just, I went out to the grass and I just kind of tried to get myself cleaned off a little bit. Um, I took that chunk and I, I buried it. There was a part of me that was like, I feel like this might be the baby or the sack or something. There was just a feeling. And I'm also in tears. I'm not in any type of pain and I'm just, I'm just crying. I'm just sitting there crying, thinking how beautiful was this that just happened like i don't think that it was the medication that helped me release this because again i was at that 12 hour mark and nothing happened but it just so happened after i did movement and breath work and energy work that my body just was like released so i get myself cleaned up i go back and i lay outside and it felt like as i laid there everything around me stopped it just felt I felt so connected to nature and mother earth and everything around me. And it felt like an initiation into something bigger than myself, an initiation into something that I am meant to evolve with and teach and help women. And I don't know what that looks like yet, but it just was this feeling inside of me that I have never felt before in my life. And So I laid there and I watched this dragonfly fly over me in a circle and back and forth for probably about four to five minutes. And I just cried and I smiled and it was tears of happiness and relief and release. And so anyways, that whole thing happened. um, And I went a few days, I think it was on, oh, let me look at dates really quick. So on june 5th so that would have been the next day after this medication um the fifth and sixth i went and did blood work so typically after you take that medicine your hcg level should start going down especially after you bleed well on june 5th i went and took my hcg levels and they ended up being at like ninety-one thousand. so they were pretty high but it's like okay maybe my body's just trying to take its time to come down Went back on the 6th. At that point, again, 24 hours, they should be going down. Mine did not. Mine went up. Mine actually went up about 20,000. The doctor called me in complete shock. I could tell she was questioning herself. I could tell she was a little bit nervous. 
Um, because she even told me a story of one of her friends that she knows that thought she miscarried. She took the medicine, finds out she was pregnant um, still, but she had a healthy pregnancy, a healthy baby. And so in my mind, I'm like, wait, do you think that I'm still pregnant? Like, wait, what? And she's like, I've just never in all my years of practice seen this happen. I've never seen HCG levels be so high and then go up like that. She's like, so just to make sure, let's send you in for an ultrasound on the 7th. So June 7th, I go in, we do a a transvaginal ultrasound to just kind of check things out. By the grace of God, I was not pregnant. Um, And I know maybe that sounds bad, but like I was in so much fear. Like I took this medication, like, is there still a live baby in there? Um, And I wasn't. So the, the good news was, yes, I... I was not pregnant. Um, there was no living baby. But the other really beautiful thing about this is that when she was looking, she said that she was showing me the screen and she said, you know, the baby is no longer in there, but I still had the gestational sac. My body hadn't let go of the gestational sac yet. Um, and when she said that, I kind of started tearing up because I'm like, I knew 100% and it just flowed through me so quickly that that night on Sunday when I had moved my body and did all that and I bled and that chunk that came out, I know for a fact that was the baby. That was the baby that had left my body. And I was just now still carrying the gestational sac. I had not felt so much relief until that moment. Up until that moment, it was so much unknown and it was so much complication and so many surprises and just emotions of happy, sad, don't know what to think. Like, so much that on June 7th, when that ultrasound came back, and I knew that it was just the gestational sac in there, that it was a weight lifted off of me. It was a weight lifted off of my body, off of, I mean, my emotional body, my energetic body, my physical body. Um, it was just one of those moments that I was like, okay, I feel like I can, I can breathe. So I just kind of ended up being a rare case with pretty much everything. (laughs) I mean, a rare case with like thinking I'm miscarrying to finding that heartbeat to having a missed miscarriage to taking medication and it not working to then my HCG levels being high and rising um, to then finding out like the baby had passed through, but the gestational sac was in there. So For me, again, because I work in the healing world and I do healing work, I knew for a fact that this was a lesson for me. This is something that I was meant to move through, learn, teach, and help others. And again, I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but I know for a fact I'm meant to step into this world. Um, And so I'll talk a little bit more on that in a second, but I will say this on June 12th. So I think this was just a few days ago. um, I went in and I took my HCG levels because she had actually at that point from that ultrasound on the 7th, we sat up a um, DNC surgery for um, this Thursday. So I'm actually recording this today. So today would have been the day that I had to go get the surgery and I was praying on everything that I didn't have to get the surgery. I really didn't want to do it. So when I went on on June 12th, as long as my levels were going down, we wouldn't do the surgery. And that's what I prayed for. I prayed so hard on all of that. Took the test and my levels dropped. (laughs) 
Thankfully, my levels were going down. They dropped about 20,000, which is a pretty decent amount. Still kind of high. They're around 85,000, but that's typical when you miscarry. So the doctor called. She said, I want to push this off. Let's just see what your body does. Um, and still according to her and what you read, like when your body, whether it's the gestational sac or not, like you're supposed to bleed, like you're supposed to, I had it in my mind, like, I'm just going to bleed out. Like I'm going to bleed out and that's just how it's going to be. I have had no bleeding. I have had no pain. I've had no cramping. I have been passing tissue, which is a good sign. So when they did that ultrasound, I could see that the gestational sac was shrinking. So it wasn't as big as it was, which was another good sign. My HCG levels are dropping. Um, and so, yeah, everything is starting to move how it's supposed to. So I, I was so thankful when I talked to her and I didn't have to do this surgery. And I just keep saying prayers that my body's going to clear everything on its own. Um, and it has been, I've just slowly been releasing stuff, but I haven't had any bleeding. Um, I will do more testing this next week to make sure my levels are still dropping, um, until I get back to a balance level, which you need to be at zero. Um, and so, yeah, send good energy and prayers my way that everything gets back to normal. I'm ready for normalcy, which I have been this past week. When I had that ultrasound on the 7th, that was really a huge shift for me. It, I, again, I cannot explain to you the weight that was lifted off of me when I found out that the baby had passed through. Um, there was just something about that that I was not, it just did not sit with me well having that inside of me. So um it was it, it was the biggest relief i have ever felt in my life and um so i feel like i've been getting back to normalcy this past week and really diving back into things and i've i've really felt this pull to community and to be out and to speaking on a lot of these things um and so i still have a little bit to go i still have some more stuff that i have to do and kind of get through and shift through but i will say this and this is what i truly believe is that my body, again, I think went through all of this because it was a lesson for me. I think this was an initiation into something bigger than myself in the sense that I'm meant to learn more. I'm meant to teach women how to trust and work with their own body. I am meant to, because we want to blame so many things on doctors and we want to, you know, say, well, they're wrong or this and that, but guess what? So are we no offense i'm a woman but we are just as in the fucking wrong as doctors are and i mean that in the sense that we go to doctors because we don't trust ourselves we don't trust our bodies and i am a case of like i trusted my body i knew what was going on i knew when things were going to happen i'm so in tune with my body and who i am so we as women have to get back to that our ancestors were that way. Our ancestors knew themselves. They knew their bodies. They followed the moon cycles. They followed nature, all of these things. And today we cannot sit here and blame doctors for certain things when we don't know what the fuck is going on with us, period. And I'm sorry that I'm getting passionate and just very into this, but it's true because through this experience, I have realized how out of touch we are, men and women with our bodies and what is going on and trusting ourselves because there were so many moments during this miscarriage that i was like wanting to reach out to doctors and people to almost get answers to things that i already knew it was almost like a reassurance in something and i remember sitting in my car crying one day thinking i want to reach out to this doctor and find out more and then i thought no fuck this why 
trust your body more. Your body and spirit is telling you, God is telling you everything that you need to know. And you're not fucking listening. And at that point, I put my foot down and I was like, enough is enough. I'm listening. I'm here. And then I moved through everything so beautifully. And I also truly believe that for me, you know, with not having the normal bleeding and the pain and the cramping and all this stuff, because apparently it's supposed to be pretty brutal and it's supposed to not feel great at all. I believe 100% within me and in my soul that these things did not happen because I have done so much healing work, not only on myself, but with others. I've done a lot of womb work. I've done a lot of healing within my womb and my hips and all those areas that we carry so much trauma. And so for me, I think that's something I'm meant to teach and help others move through is let's release this, whether it's you're having fertility issues, whether you know, it is you're going through a miscarriage, whatever that looks like for you. Um, or even if you've had an abortion, like, because that's still going to be trauma on your body. You know, I think that I'm meant to be here to help you, to help women release this trauma, to release this pain and suffering that they have held in these areas, not just from their lifetime, but from ancestors and generations before them. And to me, that is so beautiful. And whether you believe that or not, that is completely up to you. But I find it very odd that my body did not bleed out and I had no pain um, compared to so many other women that miscarry. So for me, I feel like that's huge. That's such a huge and beautiful thing because I know that I have done so much work within myself and I'm so in tune with my body that I truly think that that's why those things didn't happen. Um, so again, I think this was just an initiation into something bigger than myself to really teach people how to be in tune. And I ha I've had so many people throughout this process, um, doctors and nurses that are like, I, you know, I can't believe how in tune you are with your body. You know, you're so in tune with your body and who you are. And like, that's such a compliment to me because again, I've, I've done a lot of damn work. I've done some deep ass work. So for me, it's a compliment and it's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, the other thing for me too, that I really truly believe in and what this really opened my eyes to is how everything works, how spirit and how God works through us and how all these things unfold. And something that came through very sorry, if you can hear the dogs barking in the background, they're barking at our horses right now. Um, anyway, something that I've had conversations with my husband about, um, is, you know, when it comes to becoming pregnant, you know, people will talk about souls and bodies and all the, all these things. And what I truly believe, and especially going through this is that I believe that those souls choose us. We do not choose the souls that enter into the babies we give birth to. They choose us. They choose this journey. And with that being said, <laughs> Sorry, these dogs are going nuts. Um, with that being said, these souls choose us. They choose when to come in and they also choose when to leave. We live in a society that has taught us that, okay, you have this baby, it's yours. Nothing is ours. That soul is not ours to keep. That soul is going to leave whenever it chooses. So it could be young. It could be later in life, but either way, that soul is going to leave. It's going to leave this body that we, that it's in. And so I believe that when we create 
this life, when we are intimate and these things happen, we create a space for a soul to enter into. And not only that, it enters into that body that is growing, but we also create a safe space and this home within our womb. And they choose that. They choose whether they're going to stay or whether they're going to go. They choose whether the circumstances are right or they're not. And every soul has a journey and it has a purpose. And I truly, with everything in me, believe that. And some people are going to disagree. That may not be what they believe, but whether you believe it's God that sends the souls or they come from wherever, that soul chooses you. They choose you as that body, whether it is for five minutes, whether it is for nine months, whether it's, you know, for a few months, they choose you. They choose when to come in and they choose when to leave. And so for me, that was something that hit very hard to see the heartbeat. And all I thought about was the soul entered this body. And it was almost like to just pop in and say, hey, I'm here. You trusted your body. You trusted in yourself. There was a heartbeat. I was here. And then soon after that, whether it was that same day or a few days later, because again, the baby hadn't grown, that soul decided that this was not the journey it was going to be on. And that soul decided to leave. Now, where that soul goes afterwards, I don't know. But as many of you believe too, when somebody dies, their body stays, it goes in the ground or whatever you decide to do with it. And the soul goes to heaven. For me, I believe that souls go on to different lifetimes. I believe that souls, you know, I believe that when I die, my soul is going to live on. It's going to go into another lifetime to learn lessons and to break cycles and to do all of these things. So it was, it's a beautiful thing, but it was also very sad for me to just think that this soul had just popped in to say hi, <laughs> pretty much. And then decided that this wasn't its journey. I, I wasn't going to be the home for this soul. And I've made peace with that. And I have found the beauty in that. And so yeah, there's just been a lot. I know this is kind of a longer episode, but there was obviously a lot to this. Um, but just know that, you know, again, this is for this episode was just to let everybody know what was going on, but to also tell my story and to know, to let others know that like, I'm here if you need me, whether I know you, whether I don't, if you have questions, if you just need to talk, I am here. Because what I found too, is that women that miscarry don't talk about it a lot. And they don't talk about it because they are grieving. They're upset. There are all these feelings and emotions. And there's also times where they feel ashamed. And please, I want you to know, do not be ashamed. These things happen. It is out of our control and it has nothing to do with you. Unless you've done testing that shows why that miscarriage happened, you are never going to know. And that's okay. It's okay to not know. But what you have to do is start learning to trust your body and learning to start healing. And so with that being said, um, Again, I think many women feel ashamed. I've had women that have told me, you know, they just didn't know who to talk to about it. They didn't know how to talk about it. Please know I'm here. You can talk to me about anything. Please know that I have been through it. I have been through the rarest of the rare shit when it has came to this. And I get it. I get it now. And, you know, before I miscarried, I would think of women who miscarried and I'd be like, well, I don't get it. Like they can just have another baby. 
now I look at it and I'm like, I was an asshole forever saying that. And it goes much deeper than that. It goes so much deeper. And for me, again, with us not trying, I think it was a little bit easier to move through it. And so I praise those women. And there's somebody very close to me. If she's listening, she knows who she is that had quite a few miscarriages and she just kept trying. And, you know, eventually they did have a beautiful baby girl. Um, but I praise her. I got to give her so much love because she just kept going through it. But she wanted that baby. She wanted that life. And, you know, they got it. But uh, I cannot imagine. I can't. I've had people go, well, are you going to try again? I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> not anytime soon. Like, I don't want I can't have my body go through this again. I don't want to even have to think about that. Um, but also we'll do it when the time is right. So again, just know, like, please speak on these things. Don't keep them to yourself. Don't be ashamed. It's okay to grieve. You can absolutely grieve. You are supposed to grieve. This is not easy. Um, and it's ugly and it's messy, but you have to move through it. If you continue to hold on to that grieving and the what ifs and the fear, you know, then it can continue to happen or you're just going to be in that fearful mindset. So it's really a lot about healing and moving through all of it. And I'm here. I'm here to help women do that and, and move through those things. Um, so again, <laughs> pretty deep conversation that we had on this podcast, but it needed to be said. These things need to be talked about. Um, and so many things needed to be talked about within this. So Hopefully you have enjoyed this, connected with it. Maybe you've been triggered by it. Again, figure out why that's triggering you. Work with that trauma um, and come to me. Come to me if you need anything. If you have questions about anything I've talked about, even if you have different opinions and beliefs and views and want to just talk to me about that, go for it. I'm always up for those things. As long as it's not an argument and it's us having a discussion, I'm I'm fine with it. Um but just know life happens. We move through things. We grieve through things. We are angry. We are happy. We are all the things. But healing can take place if we choose to allow it. If we surrender and we fully allow healing to take place, it can happen. And I feel like I'm a pure example of healing work and the work that's been done um, and I'm proud of myself. I'm so fucking proud of myself and the stuff that I have done over the years and where I am today and how this all played out. So again, please come to me. I'm so happy you were here listening today. Again, this was a lot longer than most of my episodes, um, but reach out if you need me. And hopefully this next week will be a little bit more uplifting. <laughs> so I will talk to you all very soon.